been exciting. Just uh, check the person next to you, make sure that they are still with you in the service, please. Now, did you bring your Bible with you? If you did, raise up your hand for a moment with your Bible in it. Okay, great. You all get coffee afterwards. Turn to Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. I don't know about you, but I was so enjoying praising and worshipping the Lord this morning. Did anybody else enjoy praising the Lord like that? Great. Feels like our, our worship's getting more and more exciting. Now, the title this morning, before we just get into that verse, is Assured of Victory. Assured of Victory. And as I was looking at this passage and getting ready for this morning, I really enjoyed going through this passage and getting into it and so on. And I just realized that God really does love us and that He really wants you and I to succeed. If you think of an earthly son or daughter that you may have, you so want them to succeed. You so want them to do well. And when they do well, it's, it's exciting. There's a scripture that says your children will be princes in the land. And it's the same with Father God. He wants you to succeed. It says in Psalm chapter 1 about the man who trusts in the Lord that whatever he does will prosper. God wants us to succeed. And I was just thinking about how in every human heart there is this desire to win. There's this desire to conquer. Even little babies you get two toddlers, one toy. What happens? The one who gets the toy feels good. The one who doesn't get the toy tells his mommy and begins to cry. Uh, something about us that we want to conquer. We want to uh, get somewhere. We want to succeed. Uh, interesting, when our rugby team doesn't win, we've got an attitude. But yesterday we did not have an attitude, did we? Because we pounced on those Italians and showed them how to play rugby. And uh, we, we had a good game yesterday. But interestingly enough is that many times, if your team wins at, the, at a big match or something like that, when your team wins, you say, we won. Is that right? Even although you didn't even touch the ball, you didn't come close to it. You were just watching on your big screen TV, <laughs> eating chips and bourgeois and so on. But still we say, we won. But there's this desire, maybe God just put it in us, that He made us to want to win. He made us with that desire. I remember years ago at our church there was the power team that came. And these guys would break handcuffs and break ice and uh, oh, do all sorts of crazy things to get people's attention and then speak the gospel. And I remember John Jacobs, he used to head up the team. They all had these t-shirts on and the slogan under power team was, God made you to win. And after that whole occasion, somehow I ended up getting John Jacobs' t-shirt. And I was about nine years old and it looked like this thing I was in some massive, massive outfit because he was such a big guy. But I remember that slogan, God made you to win. And I believe it is right that God has made us to win. Now, let's take a look at a passage 
that speaks of us winning, that assures us of victory in Jesus Christ. Romans 8.31. Please keep it open as we share around the word. Keep it open there. Verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for us. Verse 32, he, did not, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him us, up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 33, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. By the way, some people who battle to be sure that you are born again. This is a scripture for you. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God, love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, this is a bunch of things, nor any other created thing shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you can't get some encouragement out of this passage of Scripture, then your wood is wet after the rain. <laughs> but I believe that we can get great encouragement out of the Scripture. Four aspects. Number one. God is for us. Won't you say that with me? God is for us. In verse 31 it says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, that phrase, who can be against us, think about that. Sometimes we do fear. We fear those that are against us. And maybe we allow them to intimidate us. Maybe somebody says a threatening thing to you at the office. Maybe somebody lashes out with an accusation against you, or a work colleague uh, ridicules you, or maybe you get gripped with fear as a result of crime. But you know what? Psalm 27 encourages us. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? There's another scripture that says, what can mortal man do to me? Because ultimately, we live on as spirit beings forever. Even though somebody might try to do something against us physically, it says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know what? In this society that we're living in, many times there is fear associated with crime. I'm here to tell you today that that's not God's plan for that to be in your heart. It's not God's plan that you should be gripped with fear. 
It doesn't come from Him. He has not given you, nor ever will He give you, a spirit of fear. But He's given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And you really need to know this, that God intends you to live in victory, even in a country that is not perfect. The safest place to be is in the will of God. Who can be against you? But the emphasis here is that God is for us. Now, I want to make a statement here. God is not mad at you. God is for you. I'll give you a little example here. In the 1700s, there was a revivalist in the Great Awakening. Do you know his name? Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was a fiery preacher of the gospel. And in, 19, uh, in 1741, he preached a sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. I remember reading about this when I was at Bible College. And it was said that when he preached the sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, that the people in that church began to hold on to the pillars of the church for fear that they were literally slipping into hell. How many of you would have liked to be in that service? They were literally holding on to the pillars because such great conviction came across through the message. Now, I can understand that perhaps God may use something as radical as that to a wayward people that do not want to live for Him. But you know what? Many people have that perception of God. If I can just hold on so I don't slip into hell. Well, they have this perception of an angry God. Well, I want to tell you that God says mercy triumphs over judgment. And the wonderful thing is, through the Lord Jesus, we find grace. And I want to tell you that God is not angry with you. If you're endeavoring to walk in His ways, He pours out such favor, He pours out such grace upon your life. His anger is for a moment, but His favor is for a lifetime. Some people want to focus on the, the moment of anger. I want to focus on the lifetime of favor. So I want to say God is for us. Many people perceive God in the wrong way, but He's not against you. Rather, He is for you. Would you just believe what the Word says. Number two, we've been given everything we need. And if you look at verse 32, it says, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? There's another scripture that you may know which is related to this from 2 Peter 1 verse 3. It says, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. In both of these scriptures I just referred to, there's a phrase, all things. What does that speak of? Generosity. Our God is a generous God. Bottom line, He's a generous God. And He has given everything that you need to be successful in life. He hasn't set you up at a disadvantage. He set you up with an advantage. He has made you able to succeed. If God gave us His Son, 
Would he withhold anything else that we really require? No. The Bible says no good thing with he will he withhold. I heard a story about an elderly man who was traveling on an aeroplane flight. And he wasn't the type of man that had a frequent flyer card. He very seldom traveled. His health was not in good condition. And during the flight, the people around him could see that it was a bit of a struggle for him to be on this plane. He wasn't sure about these newfangled things and flying through the sky. But in any case, he was on this flight because he was going to visit family. And the air hostess came up to the gentleman and said, uh, at one point said, Sir, can I offer you a meal? He said, No, thanks. No, I won't have a meal. She was a bit surprised, and he seemed to like, really put his foot down. But about ten minutes later, she came and uh, spoke to him again and said, uh, Sir, can I offer you a meal? He said, No, no, I won't have a meal, thanks. In any case, so she left it. But about an hour and a half later, she eventually came back to the man and said, Sure, uh, Sir, are you sure I can't offer you a meal? So he said to her, Well, how much does it cost? How much does it cost? She said, well, actually, sir, it's included with the air ticket. And the tea and coffee is included as well. And his face just lit up. His face lit up. And he said, well, in that case, I'd definitely like to have a meal. And bring one for my wife as well. And the air hostess went walking away. And he nudged his wife. He said, you know what, lovey? They're giving us food for free on this airplane flight. (laughs) And isn't that so true of how it is with coming to find Jesus Christ. The fact of the matter is, God has given us the Lord Jesus Christ. And then sometimes we say, no, 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 I won't have a meal. No, no, no. I I know the ticket's paid for, but no, I won't have... Oh, you mean the meal is included? God has given you a ticket through His Son, Jesus Christ. It sets you on a destination which results in us being eternally in God's presence. And together with that ticket, there are benefits on the flight. Isn't that a lovely example? There are benefits. So don't sit in your life of being in the right destination of going to be with God eternally and say, no, 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 I can't, I don't deserve it. That's not, no, no, no. Give me everything that I can. I want the peanuts. I want the toothpicks. I want everything that there is. I want the little you know, bags that you take home. I want the blow-up headrest. Everything. I want everything that is included with this ticket. That's how it should be with God. Because if He, if he gave us His Son, how much will He give us freely everything that we need together with His Son? I believe that besides for having Jesus in our hearts, we need to know that we've received things like faith. To each one is given a measure of faith. We've received strength. I will strengthen you with mighty power by my Spirit on the inner man. We've received provision. And God will provide for you generously. We know that scripture in Philippians. We've received hope. We've received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've received the mind of Christ. God also wants to provide us with physical, material possessions that we need. But you know, some of us live as though we're waiting for something to happen. We're waiting for a specific revelation from God, or we're waiting for a deposit from heaven, and when that comes, then we'll really begin to shine for God. Well, you know what? The revelation has come. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The deposit has come. It's when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. 
And so we don't need to be waiting for something to happen. We've been given everything we need. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You already have everything you need to be blessed and successful in Jesus Christ. Number three of four points. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Look at verse 37 of Romans 8. It says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. But the verse just before that speaks of being killed all day and like sheep to the slaughter. How many of you know that's not the greatest scripture of encouragement? The reality is God did say that we would have trials and we would have tribulations. I'm not one of these unbalanced pastors that tries to make it sound like there's nothing ever going to go wrong in your life. We as a family have faced things that have gone wrong in our lives. But you know what? Despite all of that, we know that God has made us to be more than conquerors. More than conquerors doesn't mean you don't have battles. But it means each one, if you'll hold on to God, He will help you to overcome the battle. I heard a story of a, a man who had been involved in a, a boxing fight, a boxing ring. It was professional boxing. And he slaughtered his opponent. He knocked the guy out. He got a trophy at the end of the evening. And he went home with a proud heart. He went and showed his wife the trophy. And he gave it to her. And she effectively became more than a conqueror. That's kind of what Jesus has done with us. He has defeated the enemy and he's given us the victory. He says, now you can be more than a conqueror. I've given you authority. I've been given authority. Now you take that authority. You walk in it. We gain a surpassing victory through the one who loved us. We have to understand that the scripture says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I'm wanting to tell you that without being connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not more than conquerors. But it's all tied up in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Through our connectedness to Him, we're more than conquerors. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. But in Him, and with His Holy Spirit working through us, the Bible says that things can be above expectation. And He can do beyond what we ask or think. I want to tell you, Choose Life Church is a miracle of God doing beyond what we had asked or thought. And we give Him all the glory. We give Him all the honor. Can we give the Lord a praise for that? Now lastly, number four. Nothing can separate us from God's love. I'm reading verse 38 and 39 from the Amplified Bible. It says, For I am persuaded beyond doubt, am sure, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. You know, to be separated from a loved one must be a terrible thing. I think of some of these stories 
World War I, World War II stories, you've seen them on television, where you get a young soldier, he's just gotten married, and three weeks after getting married, he has to go up and fight in the war. And he gets separated from his loved one. Maybe he has a little photo or a little note that, that she's written, and he's written her note, and, and these things they hold so dear and so precious, but sometimes separation would take place and they would never return. And that's a terrible thing to be separated. I'm thinking of another example where there was a, a lady in our church with uh, her and her husband had three kids. And one day, during busy, busy, busy December shopping in Mainland, they lost track of their little three-year-old boy in Mainland. There was just a massive buzz of shoppers everywhere. You know what feeling comes into your heart there? It's a terrible feeling that grips your heart that you've been separated. But you know what? With God, with your heavenly Father, you will never experience that feeling. You will never experience that feeling of separation. And in Romans 8, it mentions 17 things, major things, that will not be able to separate you from God's love they are tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, weapons, death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, nor any created thing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God. Why does God give us this graphic scripture in the Word? You know why? I believe it's because of this. That he wants every one of his children to be totally secure in Father's love. He wants you to be totally secure. Knowing that anything that may happen is never a threat to being drawn away from that love relationship with God. We've been talking this morning about assured of victory. We said, firstly, that God is for us. Secondly, we have been given everything we need. Thirdly, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. And fourthly, nothing can separate you from God's love. And I want to say, as you go out today, let this word bring Surety in your heart. Let it bring a sense of, I am so secure in the hand of God, and He has assured me of victory. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we honor You. We thank You that You have given us so much. We thank You that You are for us, Lord. And we thank You, Lord, that we have nothing to fear we can be secure in your love. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just bring about in our hearts now that sense of being secure. Do that now, Holy Spirit. Bring about that sense of being secure. God has got you in His grip. And Lord, we thank you for a wonderful time that we've been able to enjoy in your presence. I speak the prayer of Jabez over everybody here. I say, oh God, that you would bless us indeed and enlarge our territory. 
that your hand would be with us and upon us, that you would keep us from evil, and that we would not cause pain. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a wonderful Sunday.